0: Welcome to the Supported Living Property Podcast with your host, me, Lisa Brown, the place to learn about supported living property investing. In this episode, Christy Brown and Isabel Ingalls discuss setting up a real estate investment trust for social and supported housing. They discuss the challenges and what they hope to achieve by using this powerful way for investors to invest in the sector. Hi, it's great to have you here today. I'm really pleased that you're here, um, both of you, to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Um, Christy, do you want to start? For those who don't know you, do you want to introduce yourself and tell people a bit about you? Yes
1: hello everybody I'm Christy I'm part of Auxilium and KISS and we're here today to talk about our REIT or Centricity which is a newly formed REIT and um, so my background I have been kind of around the space for quite some time worked in the public sector for 20 years working alongside housing policy and also like financial services so I've been around in the sector a while and then wanted to kind of find a solution within the sector met Isabel and Simon and our companies and what we are doing now was formed. So I'm super excited for the future. As well as that, just opened up I provi- I can't even speak. Just opened up a provision um, myself just to practice what I preach. Some people might see me on social media. So that's going to be that's piloting through a proof of concept as we speak. And that is all focusing around mental health, and that's called Soulful Mind. So pretty exciting 2022, and I can't wait to experience it with people
2: fantastic brilliant and easter you want to introduce yourself and tell people a bit about you yeah of course well first thank you so much for for having us um super appreciate the the platform um so i was originally from argentina i was born there i grew up in brazil um i did boarding school in the uk and then went back to brazil for for a gap year and ended up being part of an organization called teto which means roof in in portuguese um ended up building quite a few houses for in the favelas and the Shands towns of brazil i, I think I was around like 20 houses like myself with like a team of other people uh super transformative and that's when I realized I wanted to work with social impact but from more of like an investing perspective so like I'm very into like impact investing and and that whole space ESG um CSR or um, as it used to be called before um so like corporate social responsibility for those who are not aware of what that means um and and so I always thought I was going to go down the, the the that route um and ended up meeting christian simon in a property uh, course and and now here we are a few companies later and a few challenges and <laughs> and successes a lot of challenges um and and yeah happy to kind of share some of those along the way
0: Fantastic. Thank you. It's great to have you here today. Now, we're here principally to talk about your, your, one of the new things that you're launching. As you say, you're both incredibly busy. You've got so much going on, but that's the REIT that you're launching.
2: For For people who don't know what a REIT is, do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, sure. Um, so a REIT basically stands for uh, a real estate investment trust. It's, it's just like uh, a vehicle that allows um, people to invest into different types of properties. There are several that REITs were kind of initiated in the US, very, very used in the US and and came to the UK a few years ago. Um, They're not that many. Um, I think there there are only a few REITs in the UK as of yet, but they're growing growing, um, a lot uh, because of its benefits. And so basically people, the the REITs is is a normal company. It's just that it sits under a tax regime, which allows it to be uh, a tax efficient vehicle um, so that's very that's very beneficial for let's say like people that have SAS money um, because they're able to invest in, in resident residential real estate. They they wouldn't do otherwise because Um, The REIT is considered a GDCV, so that's kind of the initial reason why we kind of created it, but that's what a REIT, it it, it holds, it can hold, it can buy, it can flip properties within a specific structure that allows you to kind of have investors from all over the world um, in order to to invest in one strategy that you want to do and what strategy that we wish to do is, is social and supported housing.
0: Fantastic. So it sounds like a really powerful wrapper to be able to, to do that within. Um, what is it that you hope to achieve by by this REAP? What is it that you want to to achieve by setting this up?
1: So I say it, Isabel. Yeah. Right. This is what I say to everybody. I would want to help loads of people. It's always been my passion. So. For us, it's about as housing many people as we can to scale, but doing it sustainably. Um, and therefore, that's why the kind of REIT's been created to do that so that we can actually control the acquisition process. So that's that's where we're coming from. And that's why we've created it. Do you want to add anything, Isabel?
2: Yeah, so I think one of one of um, like it, it's nice to develop. So the companies that we that we created, KISS and Auxilium, allow us to bring in more investors into the space. So KISS is a sourcing company that um, sources properties to individuals that like the the you know, the the social and supported housing space and want to have properties with contracts in the space. And then Auxilium brings in those contracts. But unlike a lot of the REITs in this space, um, the contracts are short contracts. So, you know, like circle contracts, five years, three-month break clauses, six-month break clauses. Some contracts are two years, some contracts are three years. It depends on the provider. So what that doesn't allow is, is for the valuation to be based on the lease of the property, and so you don't have like a super valued property because of the lease that it holds. So that means that your returns are obviously lower than they would be on on the more specialized schemes that you would find within REITs such as Triple Point and Civitas, that are two of the biggest REITs in the space. But it's a totally different market, and so we realize that there is not really a REIT that operates in the sector that we operate in, and there's so there's so much demand; it's absolutely nuts. Um, and so we wanted to grow um so that we are able to accompany that demand both from the investor side but also from from the provider side um and I see, so i think like that's one aspect of it and i think, and I, I think aspect- sorry just digging into that, oh, no, into that. i think it's really
0: important because there's a lot of um bad press and rightly so around some of the REITs because that some of the practice is dubious probably is that that we see a lot that's going on around some of yeah. the REITs and, and i think that's almost given a lot of investors a bit of a, almost like the word REIT has almost got a bad name because of yeah, that. Because it does. Oh, you know it, it's going to mean that that's how my money is going to be used. It's going to be involved in some of that, perhaps potentially some poor
2: practice. Yeah. Um,
0: so you no, hundred percent.
2: That, yeah. That's what people. We wanted to kind of mitigate people, mm. kind of change that name, the the, the reputation that the REITs have within the space. Because REITs is not it, it's not a bad thing. It's just it's a vehicle of money. that's all it is, A thing that that like a lot of developers have done it in a way that isn't isn't ethical and it's unsustainable for a lot of these organizations like housing providers and 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 uh, and charities and etc. Mm-hmm. That work in the space that um, have made it into have created a negative connotation towards the REITs um but it's actually it's just an investment vehicle that's all it is so that's what we want to change not only for the investor side um but also for for the provider side and to show them that it's 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 a, it's a good model um and it allows you to bring private money into this space in, a, in an ethical way um and and with and with lower returns you know it doesn't have to be exorbitant returns um for the reits as well as for the people that own the reits um and because we own these other two companies our money and our expenses of the reits are extremely small um because we make money elsewhere um through this like 360 model that we're trying to create um so that's like kind of one of the reasons but i think it's important to also note that another reason why we created the reads is because we have um, sourced a few properties so far and um, one of our clients that has bought two of the properties that we've sourced um, said that even though we tried to create like a very off-hands approach to to investing in this space, you're still buying a property. The headaches are still there. Um, and so they were like, actually like next time, I'm just going to put the money in the REIT because like I want something that's even more off-hands. So I wanted to give like a, a possibility for these investors that wanted something even more off-hands as, as what they're, we're already giving them an option to invest in this space so that's kind of why another reason as to why we, we decided to kind of do this and so
0: you're principally looking at sort of lower level support needs am i right in that with these shorter term contracts potentially leases on the properties um and as you as you pointed out they're quite short break clauses within them aren't there? so potentially these properties could be returned to you within those times what I, I just can hear people asking this question that's why i'm and i'm sure you've been asked it a lot so what does that mean for the reit what you're holding a piece of property that's then been returned to you because the lease has expired what does that mean for the reit then if you've got a plan with that
2: yeah yeah that's the demand so the country the the break clause is there for the benefits of not only the, the provider, but also the the investor. So exactly. the, the way that REITs work um, is that you're selling, you have, you issue either preference shares or ordinary shares. Exactly. Um, we are, are in our initial launch, hopefully by the end of this month or, or start of next month, we'll, we'll see, but hopefully by January, um, will be preference shares. So you that's kind of like a capped coupon that you're able to, to, um, to sell to people. But the, these things is that these shares are redeemable. So people can technically Sell those shares to the, either other people or to the REIT itself. Mm. So, if, for example, an investor ever wanted to get their money back, we aim to have the money in the in the REIT for a minimum of five years. Um, there's a benefit people of having it for longer, and and that's within the, the um the option the, our launch package that we that we have created. Um but um you're able to sell that shares back because we're able to get out of those contracts. Um that's that's why we plan to keep it as long as possible so that we can keep those properties with those contracts for as long as possible. But that is an option for the for the investor, so that's technically a benefit there. Um, in terms of what happens if the provider enforces that break clause it's a very valid point and it can happen it doesn't happen very often like circle for example gave back i think three or four or three or five properties last year and i think they managed 3500 so it happens but it's extremely rare and mm-hmm. that's why we do the soft checks before we even purchase the properties but if it was to happen and we did have to sell that property then we would just have to buy another property with that money um and 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 put that Put those funds elsewhere, and because the value of the property isn't affected by the lease, you can still sell the property by the same value that you bought it as a minimum. Because yeah. the property in the UK tends to increase, right? So either we've made a, either there is a profit to be made because we're having to sell the property because it was held for let's say a year or two years, or we just take that money and have and and reinvest it elsewhere. Yeah. And also
1: we do have multiple provider exits in areas. We've been, you know, we've been very stringent on that because if we do ever need to swap or replace, then it's really important to have that in place as
0: well, as I'm sure you guys do. Yeah, it's really important. I think that's it's really powerful in the, the shorter term lease, that's where people are going to see it as a risk, aren't they, compared mm-hmm. to the other REITs. And having that backup and having that plan is 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 really powerful. And I think that's, you know, that's gonna really give people some reassurance, isn't it, about, about the structure of it all. Um so you, you feel like the, the REIT will achieve, I mean, we, one of the questions we wanted to talk about was why will the REIT achieve this? And I think you've kind of talked about that from the beginning, really, haven't you? About the power of it, you know, being this investment vehicle that also allows people to do it in a hands-off way, which, as you say, a lot of people want that. They don't want to, to be hands on at all do they yeah
2: like the like the reits people is, is, is a much more professional structure the property space is used is used to like a lot of these limited companies people do loan agreements put money into these companies so they can do projects together jvs etc um a reit just basically professionalizes that whole thing like it's regulated by hmrc we're under another REITs that um is being reg- is being audited by kpmg so we are basically audited by kpmg so it's it's all very um is as professional as it can be within within the real estate space which we all know is is kind of like the wild west um absolutely,
1: absolutely yeah <laughs> <So> we <we've> definitely <laughs> mitigated stuff by putting those steps in place just to make sure and assure our investors that you know we, we do have those things in place
0: it's very it's, heavily regulated isn't it you know as it's you say, super yeah.
2: heavily regulated as more people get in the space the more regulated it'll become but because um the model kind of comes from the us it is extremely regulated um so there's no like Lafing about people is like the returns are what they are you have to pay the 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 coupons that you said that you were going to pay But it's not like um, it, it's it's yeah it, it, you basically get what you what you're get what you're paying what you're investing in um, and and there's no hidden fees or anything like that as well. Um, as sometimes there are when there's like you know JV's and stuff like that, and and if like any of the if there are any issues that happen throughout the project, the profitability of the company of the reach is there, and what takes, um, uh, what affects if like let me rephrase that if like for example um like a reefer was to go over that does not necessarily mean that the that the investor is going to get a lower return um because there's profitability in the reit uh, it means that our our returns are going to be smaller so the risk of the investor is extremely small because we are taking on the risk of actually has something going wrong within those within those um, refurbs that we regardless that we do very really little of most of the properties that we buy are almost already made properties um sometimes like one of the biggest issues that we have may be damp and that's like that's the biggest issue um because the refurbs are just like maybe adding a stud wall having to do the electrics making sure that the that the house is hmo compliant to the standards of the council so it's very, it's, they're small refurbs flow. So if there is to have anything gone wrong, it will be a small number in the grand scheme of things. Um, But I know that like going back to your question as to like what our goal is, what we want to achieve. um, Our first fundraise is going to be of a million pounds. Um, We do aim to use lending in the REITs and we're we're kind of looking at some final um, possibilities now as to how, what kind of lending we're going to be using. But our idea is to like raise the million pounds, like buy all properties in cash, and then we're gonna leverage out after because we wanna make sure that the acquisition is done properly and that the and that more people are housed faster and that the, the lending issues is then happening in the back end um while people are already being housed. And our target is to reach like you know, we want to, to house like 5,000, five, we don't have like 5,000 homes in our, in our names, like it's a lot of homes that we want to, um, I kind of made a quick calculation before we actually had this call as to how many, um, according to the, the the equity that we want to raise. Um, so we'll see if we get there, hopefully, but first we need to do the launch, first we need to fundraise the, the, the,
1: the initial, the initial, concept, as I like to call it, because that's yeah. what it, you know, the first one's your proof of
0: concept, and then you move on yeah completely it's really exciting you know it sounds really exciting i can imagine there's been an awful lot of challenge to get to this point i can imagine it's been a long journey of learning to get here how have you found that what how what's your experience of that being so far um shall i christy or shall you <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're both grinning at each other trying to work out who's going to answer this one or... <laughs> well, i'll check it is about you can start okay um mia yeah, the challenge is like Uh, it's it's in it's in the three companies like initially like last year this is why I kind of come from an investor side so initially last year before just as I was meeting Simon and Christy I actually wanted to open open a read I wanted to open some kind of fund to be able to do exactly this um Mm. but it was extremely expensive and I just didn't really know how I didn't want to invest the money into the fund I wanted to invest money into the properties so that's kind of where um I kind of come from um like over the last few months like opportunities came by and allowed us to open Open the REIT um which is which is obviously super exciting but until now we haven't had uh, a buyer that we control in that sense that we control the acquisition process so it's been super challenging from the sourcing side one because the property market is is super buoyant um it's really difficult to find properties out there as you know as a lot of the investors that probably listening to the fa- this podcast are aware um extremely, extremely extremely difficult um like they go within days you know so um not only finding the properties that actually like the numbers work but then that the providers will accept and are that are good because a, a lot of people think that that um Properties that are cheap are going to be good for social housing, and that's usually never the case because of high crime rates and, um, and like, antisocial behavior and and saturation. Um, The providers that we work with all control, all, like, make sure that that's not happening in the areas that they're renting properties in. So before we even spend any money on the properties, we make sure that they are able um, to take those properties in in the right areas. So these are all, like, more or less, like, good areas. Um, And so finding properties that have an okay value for those areas um that work from the rental for yield that, that are given by the providers is a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. So property pipeline is a challenge. Um, but more importantly I think is like we've had some like investor challenges, like investors getting issues with lending in this space. It's challenging and taking six months to even complete on a property is challenging because then it's you know it it the back all of the back end of auxilium and getting that property handed over to the provider becomes a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, some refurbs and getting builders paid and stuff like that can like sometimes be challenging when you're not in control um and even for the investor like i would say people it's 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 a lot of work um to buy a property um and investors like do come like with us with a lot of the challenges that they that they face Mm -hmm. from from even the sourcing side, um, not even like even f- from our perspective and the, and the buy and the and the properties that they are trying to buy. And so even because we know the property, we understand this the, the cycle, the supply chain of, of this process because we're in it, it's easier for us to kind of make it happen quicker and make faster decisions because we understand it and we're the ones controlling it. It's difficult for an investor who's like say in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or Australia to kind of like have a feel as to what's happening. So there's a lot of uncertainty that needs to be constantly um, kind of managed from, from our perspective regarding, regarding that side. Um, from the provider side, I'll let Christy kind of talk to it. But like there are so many challenges re- regarding finding the right ones and, and, and making sure that they are doing things properly. So let's kind of Christy talk a little bit about that.
1: <laughs> so, you know, this, Lisa, because you talk to providers as well, but it is actually finding the right ones and signing them off and making sure they pass your due diligence. So. For every, I'd say for every 20 providers I speak to, I probably sign one off um, just because, you know, when you start to open up um, and 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 talk to them about their, you know, the processes, their systems, how they operate, what they do, how they're funded, um, things are flagged, unfortunately, and therefore it, you know, it's all about protecting both them and the investor and making sure that we can kind of work with them going forward, but we are very blessed we have some great providers on our books um I think I've spoken about this a lot on social media. You don't actually need that many providers you know to to cover nationally um so we've been really, really kind of blessed in that in that way as well um but yeah, just from a provider perspective, just keep chatting to them. I'm really lucky how they come to me um and yeah just kind of onboarding them and and making sure they're okay and doing the ongoing due diligence because things do happen on the way and then thinking of of ways to kind of creatively help them so yeah so it's definitely a challenge respect but I do love what I do and I love helping them so so yeah even new ones new ones often come to me and I help them kind of get to where they need to be to be able to grow so so yeah love it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> fantastic <laughs> so really exciting plans lots of growth plans and the actual launch
2: is happening when so sorry chris go for it no you go <laughs> okay um so we're supposed to be launching at the end of jan um a lot of paperwork is being done in the background so we're just like trying to make sure that's when it's going to happen um we just need to make sure that it's uh, everything is ticked off and everything is correct but that's our our objective so it, it launches um supposedly in the end of jan and it's going to be a two-month fundraise um so it gives people like kind of time it gives us time to fundraise the money once we reach like 400k we then are able to like start spending that money but if we don't reach 400k then we have to give back the money um so it's about reaching that first milestone but our objective is to get to one million pounds and the reason why it's actually just like one million it's not more because a lot of reads open at a much much larger amount is because we want to make sure that we grow in a sustainable way from also the sourcing side, as well as, as the provider side, we don't want to have all this money and not be able to spend it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be like doing different rounds um, of, of, of of fundraising. Obviously the first one is going to be the more attractive one. Um, So our returns are extremely, extremely small just so that we can at least have like raise that money um and, and for it to be attractive for investors as like as the, as we as we start um but so that's that's our time frames hopefully yeah, for us. <laughs> so we'll, we'll put in the show
0: notes how people can contact you guys if people want to find out more about it and find out you know at, how to, to reach out to you guys if it's something that interests people is there anything else that you want to say anything else that we've we've not talked about that you think we should be covering here I don't
2: think um so. yeah no and like again like i wanted to thank you so much for having us and to giving us the platform to kind of talk about it this month is going to be very intense i have like a call about the read in like two hours <laughs> so it's going to be a retreat read all month long and i feel like for the next three months it's going to be like that um but oh okay, and hopefully uh that you know it, it allows a lot of people that need it to to be housed um in, a, in an appropriate way so hopefully hopefully we make it happen um but thank you so much for for you know giving us the platform to speak yeah i really
0: appreciate it it. thanks no it's great to talk to you both thank you thanks very much guys um take care thank
1: Thank you. you
0: thanks